0: in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today we begin a long cycle through the Gospel of Mark, and up until this point Jesus has gathered disciples, and He has begun begin to teach and to preach. He has healed on the Sabbath, which caught a lot of attention and he has been casting out demons from people as he went along some of his extended family stepbrothers and others were concerned about jesus in fact they thought that he had gone out of his mind have you ever seen that show on television called intervention has anybody ever seen that Where a family gets concerned about uh, some sort of addiction that a family member has and they gather together and they do an intervention because they're trying to help this person understand that they need to go off someplace and do some work on themselves. And so that's what this actually is. They even co-opt Mary, his mother, which I don't really believe that she thought he had gone out of his mind, but she had to sort of go along because that's what the culture demanded. And they came and they said, Jesus, we really need to talk with you. You really need to come with us. We think that you've lost your marbles. You're just a regular guy. Why do you think that you can cause so much trouble? in casting out demons, healing on the Sabbath, doing all this preaching and teaching. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Well, Mark intends to tell us who Jesus is. Of course, Jesus is the Word of God, the wisdom of God, the Son of God, who has all authority, all the authority of God invested in Himself. And so, any opposition in Mark's Gospel to Jesus means that they're aligned with Satan. Whether it's a person or whether it's a group, any opposition to Jesus, the Son of God, comes from the devil. The good news today, though, is is that Jesus is not out of his mind. He's very much in his right mind. Jesus is not filled with demonic spirits, but in fact, the Spirit of God. And by that Spirit, Jesus is leading all of us into a new family, a brand new family, the people of God, those who do the will of God. Well, discipleship to Jesus means that we have been adopted into a brand new family. When we are baptized, we leave one realm or one kingdom. And we are freed and we pass over into the freedom and the liberty of the children of God. We leave the kingdom of death and are moved over into the life and the righteousness and the joy of the Holy Trinity. We become related to God as Father, Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit as the power and the energy of God to flow in and through us. And that's what happens in baptism. And so you have a family of origin that is earthly, but you've been through a Passover, a passage into a new family. And guess what? Look around. This is the new family, right here. Now, there may be some people that seem a little kooky. There may be people that we wonder about. But generally, this is the good old people of God. This is God's people who are seeking God's love, God's will, God's way, and God's purpose. And we're the family of God. We're family members. We're united with one another because we've all been baptized into Christ and we all share that common life of God and of the Spirit. Now it's interesting to note that the people who said that Jesus was actually casting out demons because He Himself had a demon were the religious authorities of Jesus' day. These religious authorities, scribes and Pharisees, were exposed by Jesus as having hearts that were not aligned with God's will and way. In fact, their hearts were bound up. They were bound up with the power and the prestige and the privilege of their station. They loved all of that more than they loved God and more than they loved their neighbor. And Jesus exposed that, but the very people who said that Jesus and his ministry was actually empowered by the demonic, were religious people. Jesus invited everybody into this new family to know God as their Heavenly Father, and Jesus actually said, sinners, prostitutes, and tax collectors will enter the Kingdom of God before the scribes and the Pharisees. So we're all here together. It's a big tent. There's room for everybody, no matter what. God will take anybody into His family and then begin to work with them, begin to renew them day by day, as it says in our passage from Paul's letter that this outer nature is wasting away day by day, but this inner nature This nature where we are connected with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this inner nature is being renewed day by day, day by day, by God's grace. Well, sometimes we have to leave our family of origin and move into the family of God. I remember I went to seminary with someone who had a price on his head because he came from a Muslim country. He became a Christian, went to seminary in the United States, and there was actually a price on his head for leaving his family of origin. You remember that Saint Francis had to leave his father and all of his father's business and all of that money to do what Jesus asked him to do. Do you remember the dramatic scene? The father even co-opted the bishop in town to try to get St. Francis to calm down and not be so religious and just not cause problems. And St. Francis, in a way that was unique only to him, let go of all of the finery of the robes that he had provided by his father, and they dropped to the floor, and he walked away naked into this new family, the family of God. So sometimes it is dramatic. Well, we um, have to take a look at where we are in all of this. Now, it's interesting to note that the strong man that Jesus mentions has to be bound up. And this is code language because Jesus, in fact, comes to bind up the strong man. Well, who is the strong man? Well, that's that's the devil. It's Satan. Jesus binds up the devil in Mark's gospel in order to take people who are aligned with his kingdom over into his family. So Jesus plunders the devil's kids and takes them back for the Father because they never belonged to the devil to begin with. But they have been accosted and captured by this strong man. That's the language of our Gospel this morning. Well, in our lesson from Genesis, there's an explanation about how all that started. Someone who's a dean of a seminary and a very learned theologian said that these early chapters in Genesis were written to answer this question. If God created everything good, which he did, remember, uh, all of the different days of creation and everything, and it was good, and it was good. If God created everything so good, why is everything so messed up now? That's what these early chapters are meant to explain. And if people thought that way thousands of years ago, golly, what do we think now, right? So, uh, this story tells us that there was a point where Adam and Eve walked in the garden with God in the cool of the day. And they intuitively knew God. They were related to God. They were in communion with God. They spoke with God. They heard God. And they had an intimate relationship that flowed back and forth between them and God in the harmony of the garden. But when we get to our passage, something has changed, right? God says to Adam, Adam, where are you? And God is not really asking a question. He's just calling out for Adam. And Adam says, we heard you, God, in the garden. But we were afraid and we hid." Well what has happened to that relationship? That relationship because they disobeyed God, because they moved away from God, because they were trying to find life apart from God and His goodness and His life and love, ruptured that relationship between them and God. And the story has been the same ever since every person, every generation has gone through this same thing, where trying to find a life apart from God, you end up getting bound up in all manner of things. And so this relationship that used to be intuitive, intimate, free, and joyous with God is ruptured, is ruptured. The good news is, is that God sent Jesus to bring us back into that intimate union with God to where we know that God is good, we can trust Him, we don't have to hide from God, we don't have to fear God, that we can love God and give ourselves back to Him, that we can listen to God, that we can seek His will and way and purpose. But what we find in this struggle of the Christian life is that, in fact, sometimes we feel bound up. Sometimes the strong man binds us up. Sometimes we are bound up in ourselves, and we can't move forward. I remember one time I was talking to someone that wanted to come and see me, and this person was having uh, issues in their life, and they, were, they felt stuck. They were stuck. Uh, um, she was a Christian person, and, but she was just stuck internally, and I asked a question. And I always ask this question, is there anybody in your life that you have not forgiven? And she knew immediately who it was. She had never forgiven after a a number of years, she had never forgiven her ex-husband. And I told her, I said, as long as you don't forgive that person, you're going to be bound up, you're going to be tied up. You're going to be connected to that person. You're going to be bound to that person. And being bound up is going to make you negative. It's going to bring all sorts of things in your life you don't want. And in fact, a, an, an Episcopal monk says this about our spiritual life. We do have monks in the Episcopal church. This is Brother Mark Brown. He says if we're not paying attention, We can find that we've accumulated a vast treasury, truckloads of fears and anxieties, truckloads of resentments and grudges, crates of unrealistic expectations, and boxes of presumptions and unreasonable demands. That's what we acquire over the years as we live. He says, remember to leave all this baggage behind and travel lightly on the way and follow Jesus. Jesus has come to unbind us, to give us the freedom and the liberty that we should have by God's grace as His children. That's what Jesus came to reconnect us to that relationship with the Father, but to continually give us the freedom that we need, but we have to cooperate in order for that to happen. We have to search our hearts and work through the things that we find that we are bound up in. But with the power of Christ, we surely can be set free. And so, as we have this new family, this new community, part of what we're doing here, uh, not only in worshiping God, though, but we are here to find the love the acceptance, the guidance, and the growth that we need to be inclined toward the good. Because Jesus defined who the people of God are, who His family is. It's those people that are doing the will of God. Those people that are moving in the direction of God's love and purpose and plan. And we are His people. And so we want to cooperate with the new rules of the family, and the rule is is that you continually, every day, trust and love God. You continually, every day, come to reflect about your life, about what's going on. What is the state of your soul? How are things with us internally in our heart? And as we see things that don't really match the family resemblance, we do away with them. We let them go. We ask for Jesus to come and to take those things away from us, to free us, to unbind us from the strong man. This is the normal Christian life, and it will go on until your last dying breath. Every spiritual teacher always says this throughout our Christian tradition, that we will have to go through this spiritual battle in Christ's name and in Christ's power until our very last breath. But this is the good fight this is the very good fight discipleship to jesus means being adopted into this new family called the body of christ we are his people we are seeking to do god's will to remain in god's way and in god's love and so if you find yourself bound up utilize the prayers of the church the worship of the church utilize forgiveness an absolution. Utilize the clergy. Utilize all the things that the new family has, the Son and the Spirit, to be unbound and to find the liberty of the children of God. Amen.